Hello, and welcome to the Federal Contracting Made Easy podcast, where we take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that any small business owner can master. Now, let me introduce your host, Nancy Byerly. Hello, and welcome to Federal Contracting Made Easy, where it's our goal to take the complex world of government contracting and break it into simple steps that anyone can master. We're on episode number 97, and today we're going to continue our series on terminations of contracts and discuss a termination for default, otherwise known as a T for D. But before we get started, let's take a moment and roll that intro. Welcome back. Let's get into today's episode, shall we? We were discussing termination for defaults, T for Ds. Remember, the government is going to protect itself first and foremost. So they're going to insert clauses that provide them with an option if a contractor does not perform the work or provide the services within the time frame specified. Also, if the contractor doesn't use the correct materials or refuses or fails to perform the work as required, they will have to have an out. No matter what, you do not want to face a termination for a default on a government contract. This is the absolute no-no. This is a dead for dead. This will end your federal contracting career. You have to think about this from the government's point of view. If you were hiring a contractor to perform work for yourself, you would want to protect your interests also. This just makes good business sense. So let's first start off by discussing the references for terminations for default in the Federal Acquisition Regulation. If you don't know what that is, that is the FAR, the Bible for Government Contracting. 52.249.8 through 10 covers termination for defaults. Again, like the last episode, they're similar. If you're a fixed price, 52.249-8. If you're a construction fixed price, it's going to be 52.249.10. Research development is to 52.249-9. So up to this point, we are providing you with an overview of contract terminations. Now let's go more in depth, starting with a termination for default. Earlier, we mentioned that a termination for default means that the government believes that the contractor may not have performed on the contract in accordance with contract terms. Now let's look at the steps involved that the government wishes to terminate a contract for default. The first step the government will take is they have to deliberate and decide the most appropriate action to take. The government will not take this action lightly. To do this, the government will prepare and review a memorandum for record, which addresses the factors contained in FAR 52.249.3. Once the factors have been determined and reviewed, the government will make a final termination decision. What factors is the government going to review? Well, the government will review the following. The terms of the contract along with any applicable laws and regulations. The specific failure by the contractor on the contract and the excuses for the failure. The availability of the supplies or services from any other sources. The urgency of need. How soon does that government need whatever they were procuring that that the contractor failed to perform on? To include the time period required to obtain them from other sources as compared to the time in which delivery could be obtained from the delinquent contractor. 
the degree of essentially of the contractor in the acquisition program and the effect of the termination of fault upon the contractor's ability as a supplier under those contracts. The effect of termination for default on the ability of the contractor to liquidate any guaranteed loans, progress payments or advance payments, and any other pertinent information, facts, and circumstances. As you can imagine, a termination default has serious implications, not only for the contractor, but for also the government. Now, I wanted to take a moment and talk about this because the government's going to look at if they can help you correct the action that they deemed that you are defaulting on, they're going to try to do that because it's in their best interest to do so. The only time they they do a T for D and, t- and take it really seriously, if there's no way you can come back from where you were at. If, if you were beyond a point that there's no way you're going to be able to, to handle the contract, then they don't have any option that they have to do a T for D. As you can tell, there is a ton of information that the contracting officer has to gather and deliberate with their legal department. Basically, a termination for default hurts both parties, you and the government. The government does not get the goods or services that it needs, and the contractor has a blemish record. As you can imagine, a termination default is overwhelming to the contractor. A termination default results in suspension and debarment or even criminal act, uh, criminal conviction. If you are a construction contractor, your surety company will use your bond to find another contractor to perform the contract. That is, if the government elects to go this route. All of this should not be taken lightly. If you are headed down this road, it is an imperative that you get a great legal team on your side as soon as possible. In addition, if your contract was terminated for default and you receive a termination letter, you may still be entitled to payment for work that was properly performed in agreement with the contract prior to that termination date. Now let's talk about other factors and circumstances that the government reviews. Remember in the beginning of the vlog, we stated that the government may terminate a contract if it feels it's in the best interest to do so. As a result, the government has a right to terminate all or only part of a contract to include attempted fraud by a contractor, contractor failed to meet the quality requirements, the contractor failed to deliver the supplies or perform the services within the specified time frame, failure by the contractor to perform on any provisions contained in the contract. Will the government just start termination proceedings without any, without my knowledge? No, the government has to notify you. Up next, let's talk about delinquency notices. So there are two types of delinquency notices available for use by the government. The first is called a cure notice, and the second is called a show cause notice. Basically, the FAR states the government must notify the contractor that you are responsible for a condition that is threatening the performance of the contract. Specifically, refer to FAR 49.607. That contains the information on the delinquency notices. Next, we're going to discuss the cure notice. A cure notice is a written document sent to the contractor by the government notifying the contractor that there is a contract issue that must be resolved. Cure notices are issued when a contract is in jeopardy of being terminated prior to the delivery date. Before the government can use this notice, 
They must ensure that there is enough time left on the contract delivery schedule or any extensions. Why? Because the government must provide the contractor with enough time to resolve the issues affecting the contract. This time period is generally 10 days. If the timing is not enough to permit a realistic cure period of 10 days or more, the cure notice cannot be issued. So what happens if there's not 10 days or more available in the contract? The government has the option of issuing another delinquency notice called a show cause notice. But first, let's discuss what a contractor should include in their written response to the government regarding a cure notice. When responding, it's imperative to the contractor respond to the cure notice within the time space specified in that letter. You want to include the following information in your response to the government. You want to discuss the alleged problem to be a condition affecting contract performance. Any corrective plan to cure the alleged condition. Who's going to bear the cost of the corrective work? Schedule performance. Is it going to change because of your correcting the actions that they're asking for? Impact or corrective work on completion of the contract. Is it going to take you another two weeks to correct the actions that need to be taken? Or is it something that you can do with still within the time period specified? Actions a contractor has taken and will take to reduce the effect of the condition upon completion. The government's role in causing the condition. Is it an unforeseen for, for a circumstance that the government's refusing to acknowledge? Is it something like that? Or done something that's caused you not to be able to form the contract in time, basically. And any other relevant factors bearing on timely completion of the contract. It isn't your time to whine about how it's unfair. You need to say, be objective and say, this is, this is a fault. I'll take 50% of the blame. I blame the government for 50%. Whatever the results are, you need to specify them. Remember, you only have 10 days to respond to the cure notice. It is important that you address every single one of the allegations contained in the notice and present your side as best as possible. I would suggest that you contact your legal counsel, hire them to help you draft a letter. Now let's move on to the other delinquency notice called a show cause notice. As stated earlier, show cause notice may be issued when the contract delivery schedule is not sufficient to permit a realistic 10-day cure period. This notice will advise the contractor that the government is considering terminating the contract for default. Also, the government has not made a final decision on the matter. The government needs to determine that the contractor failed to perform was from causes beyond its control and without fault or neglect on the contractor's part. The contractor is given an opportunity to present any facts to the contracting officer, in writing, remember, within the 10 days after receipt of the notice. If the contractor fails to present any facts within that 10-day period, the government may consider this as an admission, that, they, that you do not have any facts that existed. Do not, under any circumstances, fail to submit your response in writing to the contracting officer. The government will consider this admission of fault. Besides, the government won't may not have all the facts or may have left out some important facts that may be in your favor. What should a contractor include in their written response to a show cause letter? 
Well, that's what we're going to discuss next. We're suggesting that you address the following when responding to your show cause letter. Discuss your contract performance over the term of the contract. Is it just one small little thing that you failed to perform on? on the contract or is it every single item on the contract but you need to discuss your contract performance make sure you address your control over the work performed on the contract state the reasons why you are not at fault or neglect regarding the alleged deficiency present the percentage of cost completion of the contract make sure to address the fact that the project completion will be delayed because of this wrongful termination Include that in your letter, the delay to project completion caused by this wrongful termination. Address a possible conversion of default termination to a termination of convenience. Let's talk about this, some things to consider. When writing a response to either a cure notice or show cause notice, it is important to remove your personal feelings from the letter and state the facts as you see them. Now is not the time to let your emotions get the better of you. Make sure that you have someone review the letter and being as objective as possible. Remember, a termination default has serious consequences not only for you, but the government also. A contractor that has received a termination for a default must disclose this fact when bidding on any new work. This will impact your past performance rating as well. In addition, the government will hold, may hold the contractor responsible for costs if the default is converted to uh, termination for convenience because a contractor may pursue recovery of allowable costs associated with the termination. Now, there is such a thing as an excusable behavior. If you can show that your failure to perform on the contract was excusable, your contract cannot be terminated for default. In order to be excusable, the failure must be on your control and not your fault or neglect. So what are some examples of excusable behavior? Acts of God, acts of public enemy, actos of the government, fires, floods, epidemics, quarantine restrictions, any strikes, freight embargoes, unusually severe weather. So what happens if the default is excusable? If and after the termination, you are found not to be at default or the default is excusable, the termination will be treated as one for convenience of the government. As a result, the government will review the bad image from the termination for default gave you and you will recoup some of your money back as well. This is great news for you and for your business. However, what happens if the buying agency or contracting officer doesn't agree with you? Or worse, you believe their decision is incorrect. Well, the contract regulations provide contractors with several remedies, all the way from filing a protest or dispute to taking the government to court. In summary, no contractor wants to face a termination for default. There are things that you can do to protect yourself. One of the biggest to do is to document everything. And when something pops up and the government starts questioning, make sure that you sit down and talk about it and come to terms with it. Don't let any situation get out of hand. If you do that nine times out of ten, you'll never face a termination for default. 
Remember, always hire the best attorney your company can afford. That's it for this week's episode. Next week, we're going to talk about breach of contract. As always, until next time, be safe.